What's up, friend? Welcome to the Sober, Single, and Saved podcast. I am your host, Crystal Cuellar, and I am here to share my experience and expertise to help you live an alcohol-free lifestyle, prepare for your godly husband, and fulfill your God-given purpose. I'm so happy that you are here. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and let's dive right in. Okay, so today's topic is you don't have an alcohol problem. You don't have an alcohol problem. Okay, so I'm going to be switching here because I have my notes. If you see me looking this way, that's what I'm doing so I don't miss anything. Hey, Kayla. Um, So like I said, as you guys are jumping on, do hashtag replay, hashtag live. And if you are on this live, most likely you've either been struggling with being alcohol free, or maybe you saw like the title of this video and you were just hoping to really just find a solution to keeping alcohol in your life, right? I know sometimes I would watch videos like this with like a catchy headline and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like how can I still keep alcohol in my life, right? And so let me know in the comments, even if you're just kind of here for funsies and you just kind of want to hear you know, what I have to say about breaking the cycle when it comes to alcohol, because obviously, when it comes to this, this can really go for really any type of toxic habit that you have in your life. But I just really honed in on alcohol for this message, because obviously, that's one of the main keys that we talk about here. Okay, so let me know in the comments, you know, as we get this, you know, party started, let me know in the comments kind of where you're at in your alcohol in your alcohol free journey. And obviously, there's no judgment here, only the people in this community can see it. Um, And so maybe you are somebody that is struggling with binge drinking. Maybe you are somebody that maybe you're just like sober curious, you're just like, okay, well, alcohol's kind of been a hindrance in my life, in my faith and so forth. And I kind of just want to see what this live is about. I'm kind of just, you know, entertaining the idea of being sober. Um, Or maybe again, maybe you're just on here just kind of curious, like, where are you in your alcohol free journey? Are you sober curious? Are you currently alcohol free? Or are you just on here like for funsies? Um, And so forth. So let me know in the comments. And I'm going to be looking at the comments right here because I definitely want this to be interactive. Once I fully get into the message, then I'll kind of like be in my zone and I won't take questions till afterwards. But I just kind of want to see where you guys are at. And like I said, it helps when you interact. So I don't feel like I'm just like talking to myself. You know what I mean? Um, And so I have the Facebook open here on my laptop so I can see y'all's comments go through and so forth. Um, And yeah, we'll go from there. And... Okay, so while you guys are typing that, then I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the message. Okay, so either way, wherever you're at on this spectrum, this live video is going to be for you. Like I said, if you are trying to get rid of any toxic habit in your life, especially as a Christian, this is really going to benefit you. Okay, Um, and honestly, like when it comes to the whole sobriety piece, which is what we're talking about today, a lot of people actually aren't talking about this when it comes to living a sober life again, especially as a Christian, okay? So if you are struggling with alcohol, whether you're somebody who binge drinks or maybe you're somebody who drinks to cope, um, and what I mean by that is like there are some people where they can go out and maybe you're like, okay, I'm just going to go out and have one drink, but then you find out that you realize that you actually don't just want one drink. You actually find it really hard to have one drink. That's what I mean by binge drinking. Like all of a sudden, instead of having one drink, you are having, you're 10 drinks in, five shots in, and then all of a sudden the next day you're in a crappy hangover. You didn't make the workout that you signed up for. You're, you just, you know, you're not there to do what you want to do with your kids or whatever that may be. It's just like a snowball effect, right? 
And then the other piece that I said is maybe you're somebody that uses alcohol to cope. So maybe you're not an everyday drinker. Maybe you're not a binge drinker. But when life gets hard, you go to alcohol instead of God. Alcohol is your crutch. Alcohol is your comfort, is your peace right now. And um, and again, I share that like from a space of being like, hey, like I used to be you. And this is none of this is going to be for any condemnation. And so if you feel that at any point in this message, that is not from the Lord. And so I just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And um, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, point out a few areas that maybe um, may resonate with you guys. So again, whether you're somebody that binge drinks, somebody that copes with alcohol, whatever that may be, at the end of the day, alcohol is is a problem, right? It is a piece of the problem. And so I know this um, whole title of this message that alcohol isn't the problem. What I wanted to point out is that alcohol is not the main problem. Alcohol is not the main root, right? But we can't deny that alcohol is not the problem, okay? But again, it's not the main root of the problem. So we will actually talk more about the root issue here in a little bit. But first, we have to acknowledge one thing as Christians, and that is that we are in a war, a spiritual war. Okay. Now, when I say this, this is not to scare anybody. This is not to make you feel some sort of way. But here's the thing. If you keep fighting with the wrong weapons, you are going to keep losing. Right? Some of you here, whether you're watching the replay or you're watching this live, you have been stuck in the same cycle when it comes to alcohol, right? You maybe are in this binge drinking cycle where you're just like, okay, well, you know, I can, I'll figure it out. Like next time I'll just do better. I'll, I'll have more willpower. I'll try harder. I'll do this. I'll do that. But yet you keep falling back into the same cycle and you keep doing the same thing that you've been doing for the past X amount of years, right? And that's literally the definition of insanity, right? And so you are fighting this war with the wrong weapons. And that's why you keep losing, okay? In Ephesians 6, 12 through 14, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. And then after that, it actually goes into the whole armor of God. And so I encourage you to write down Ephesians 6, 12 and read through it all. And I encourage you to actually speak this um, whole armor of God, to speak the armor of God over yourself daily. This is something that I know I've fallen short in, but it is so, so powerful, especially if you are just starting off in your alcohol-free journey. Um, you know, the enemy doesn't want you to be free, right? If you are trying to fully follow the Lord right now, like the enemy is going to, I hate to be like, oh my gosh, like the enemy is going to attack you. But bottom line, he's going to, you already have resistance from what your body is going through, but he's going to try to add some more resistance. He's going to try to put more seeds of doubt in your brain and so forth because he knows that you are vulnerable. Okay, so that is why you need to know what kind of weapons to use. That's why you have to acknowledge that you are in a spiritual war. And it's the spiritual warfare, the spiritual war basically means the war between good and evil. Okay, the war between good and evil. And um, it was really interesting to me when I started to um, read more about spiritual warfare and ask God to give me more wisdom about spiritual warfare, which he's still like giving me wisdom. I don't think we're ever going to fully know every single thing, but it was very... Um, 
interesting to me that a lot of Christians did not even know what spiritual warfare is. They did not even know their authority in Christ. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, that makes total sense why so many believers are actually still in bondage. Because you can believe in Christ, you can be walking with Christ, but you could also, you know, you could also still have demons, you could also still be attacked by demons, you can also still be walking in bondage. And I see it all the time. And of course, like, I'm not perfect, like the Lord is still freeing me from many, many things. It's an ongoing life process. But I do believe that there's a point that you can that you can get to where it's like, where you are truly walking in the freedom of Christ, but that's going to be very hard if you don't know your authority in Christ. Okay, and so stay with me here. I know a couple people jumped off, but stay with me here. Um, because we're going to get into the how and how you can get out of um, how you can break this toxic cycle. Okay, but as a Christian, bottom line, this is something that you have to know, right. And so again, you want to have this knowledge so you can start standing in your authority. So you can start taking the right weapons to the war. So moving on, now that you've acknowledged that it's time that now that you've acknowledged that you've acknowledged, okay, there's a spiritual war going on every single day. The enemy's like, you know, the enemy is out to get you, but we also don't want to be like, oh my gosh, like everything's the enemy, but we just want to acknowledge that, right? So we've acknowledged that. And now it's time to go back to the alcohol piece. Okay. So hear me, open your ears, okay? The way that you drink is not the main problem. Alcohol is just a symptom of the problem. I'm gonna say that again. The way that you drink is not the main problem. Alcohol is just a symptom of the problem. If you are going to counter Satan's attack, you need to address the root issue, not just the symptoms. Okay. And so an example of that, which a lot of my clients that I work with, which I went through this cycle too, is um, when you are just addressing the symptom, that means you're just looking at the behavior, right? So maybe you've done things like dry challenges. Maybe you've done things, you know, like these different sober challenges, or maybe you've just had your own challenge for yourself where you're just like, okay, I'm going to go two weeks without drinking. I'm going to go 30 days, 90 days, whatever it is, even a year without drinking, right? And you're so focused on counting the number of days being alcohol-free that you're not actually looking at the root issue, right? You know that there is a beginning and there is an ending, right? And ultimately, your brain hasn't even like your brain doesn't even think that you're going to be doing this forever because you already have in your head that there is a beginning and there is an end. That is an example of just focusing on the symptom. And that is not how you get free. That is not how I got free from alcohol. Because I did all the dry challenges. I did the sober challenges. I was even a wellness coach at that time, right? I didn't drink every single day, but I would drink heavily on the weekend, which I always think is really funny with wellness coaches that they like binge drink hardcore on the weekends, but then it's all about like health during the week, right? And um, honestly, like the more that I started to go alcohol free, I felt like a total like hypocrite. And I felt like a total fraud because I was just like, Oh, my gosh, I'm trying to like, help these women be healthy. But yet I'm sitting here saying like, Oh, yeah, like keep wine in your in your meal plan and, and this and that it was just really crazy. And that's just a little side note. But anyways, that's an example of just addressing the symptoms, right? You're not actually learning how to live an alcohol-free lifestyle. You're not actually getting to the root of the issue. And most likely, you're not really doing this with God because you have, you have it in your head that there's a beginning and there is an end. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm looking at the comments. Okay, cool. Here for support and wisdom. Yes. 
guilty as a wellness provider. Yeah. And I've been there. And again, like this is not to bring like any condemnation to anybody, but I've definitely, yeah, I've been there. Okay. So moving on. So the root cause, again, this is like a notable thing to maybe note down. The root cause is not what someone is doing. It's not what you're doing, right? So someone can say, I have a drug problem. Somebody can say, I have an alcohol problem. But the truth is you have an alcohol symptom, okay? You have an alcohol symptom. The symptom, write this down, the symptom is what you do. The root is the thinking that makes you do it. I'm going to repeat that again. The symptom is what you do. The root is the thinking that makes you do it. And if you are a client of mine, you know that we probably have already been talking about a lot when it comes to your brain and your thoughts and your fears and different things that you are thinking. And this is where the root is. Now, the thinking patterns that you have are from your own experience, right? Traumas, what someone told you, etc right? But when you feed those thinking patterns that tell you something is good for you, when you know it's not, you become, it's going to be hard pill to swallow for some of you, but you become double-minded. Okay. I'm going to say that again. When you feed those thinking patterns that you, that, that tell you something is good for you, when you know it's not, you become double-minded. As I was writing this message, I had a conviction as I was writing this message too. So if you're just like, holy crap, I'm convicted. That's a hard pill to swallow. Just know like I had I had a conviction too about certain things in my life as I was literally writing this message, which I thought was really funny. Okay, you become somebody who is trying to entertain your viewpoints and God's at the same time. And you can't mix God's way with your way. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. It just doesn't work that way, right? And I didn't write down this verse here, but there's a verse in Revelation, which I feel like is really popular. And it talks about how um, the Lord says, he says, um, he's basically saying that he doesn't want you to have one foot in and one foot out, that he wants you to either be hot or cold because lukewarm is just, it's kind of like, even in that passage, um, it really, I think it really is talking about like the different water and reservoirs or something like that. And it's saying like that lukewarm water, how it's just like dirty and gross and like, like, like you know, you can't drink it. It's just like there and all muddy. And so um, that's a great way to look at it too. Like we don't want to be that lukewarm Christian. We don't want to be that person that is one foot in and one foot out, right? And most likely a lot of you have had one foot in and being alcohol free and one foot out, right? And that's that's where that constant resistance comes in. And that's why you probably haven't seen, you've probably seen like some progress, but that's why you haven't fully been able to break the cycle because you keep going back. You're double-minded, right? You don't, you haven't fully made a commitment to yourself um, or to God. And you're kind of, you know, and most likely if like the Lord has already told you to stop drinking and you still haven't, like one, let me tell you, like, it's not like if the Lord tells you to stop drinking right now, I'm not saying it's going to be like a super easy process. That's why I value mentorship. That's why I talk so much about accountability. That's why I do what I do. But there comes a time where we all, including myself, we have to take accountability and be like, okay, like, do I want to follow Jesus or do I just kind of want to be on the sidelines, right? Do I just want to say that I'm a, that I'm a believer or do I actually want to be a believer, right? Because there is a difference between believing in Jesus and actually walking with him, right? Amen. Okay. 
So moving on, um, in James, I want to I want to share this verse. It's in James, um, well, verses in James one four through seven. It says, "Let perseverance finish. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature." and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, okay, this is important, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. That's a tough word. It really, really is. But um, but isn't God like so good? Like he just like tells us how it is, right? He literally gives us a guide for everything in his word. And But I know that can be a gut punch because even for me, like I said, like I'm not perfect. Like as I was doing this message, I was like, okay, I've kind of been doubting you on some things, Lord, and that may make sense as to why I've been kind of like not confused, but kind of, you know, just in this back and forth in my brain. And so just know like, I'm right there with you guys. I'm walking the walk. I may be, you know, me, you may not be sober and I am, but just know I'm still walking the walk in a different way and that this really spoke to me as well. Okay, and so I wanted to read, I was reading this verse, um, these verses in the Bible and the Bible that I have, it actually has a little summary at the bottom. And so it kind of broke it down a little more. And so I'm going to read that to you guys. Okay. And it's talking about being double-minded and it's referring to these verses that I just, um, that I just read to you guys. And it says a person with divided loyalty is not completely convinced that God's way is the best. Such person treats God's word like a merely human source and reserves the right to follow it or not. So it's saying like God's word is there, but you're just kind of like, you get to decide whether or not you're going to follow it, right? You're kind of just, you're trying to match the Bible with what you actually want to do. And that's not, you know, it's not how it works. Um, it says in order to stabilize the wavering or doubtful mind is to commit yourself fully and wholeheartedly to what he says. Okay, and I want to go up, back up to these verses again, because I just feel like they're so, so powerful. Okay, I'm going to read this again, James 1, 4 through 7. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want to stop right there because the Lord is saying like, as we read this, these verses too, we can, um, and I'm not saying that you guys are feeling this way, but I know sometimes like, especially when I was at the beginning of my faith, like I would read verses like this and I would like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a bad Christian. Oh my, like just all these like crazy things and the enemy would mess with me. And so I want you to, I want you to take note of this. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The Lord is saying, he doesn't want you to be double-minded. He doesn't want you to have one foot out or one foot in and one foot out. Why? Because it's not fruitful. Why? Because it's not, it's not, it's not good for you, right? The Lord is always looking out for you. The Lord is always looking out for me. And so he's saying, let perseverance finish its works so that you can be mature in your faith. So you can be mature as an adult, as a disciple. And so you can be complete, not lacking anything, right? And when he says mature, and I don't know why I always feel led to say this, but because I feel like when we think of mature adults, like we think it's like this, like, like just boring adults or this like boring Christian that like is just so dull, doesn't have fun, doesn't listen to any secular music, doesn't like, no, like 
The Lord also says to have childlike faith, right? So the Lord wants you to have fun and all that good stuff. He wants you to enjoy this life, but he wants, like, there's a maturity that has to develop in our faith in order for us to be really, you know, like truly effective. Again, the Lord can use you wherever you are at. Because I remember when I was still drinking, I knew the Lord was telling me not to drink. And I was just in a space where I was like still drinking. And I remember, but I was still like so on fire for God. And I remember literally sitting at the bar. And I remember this multiple times where um, I was literally just talking about Jesus. And I'd be asking people, hey, like, do you believe in Jesus? And I remember one girl specifically, we were talking about Jesus. And um, I was telling her, I was just like, yeah, I was like, I'm really working hard on just like letting go of alcohol. And she was just like, oh my gosh, like, so am I. And it's crazy because like, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but a few, was it like a few months later, maybe six months later, I had stopped drinking and um, she had messaged me because she found me on Facebook and she was just like, oh my gosh, like you're doing so well. Like, I'm so proud of you. She was like, I stopped drinking too. And so I guess I just wanted to say that because I don't want you to think that you have to be perfect in order for the Lord to use you, but the Lord can use you in such a bigger way if you start letting go of these things like alcohol, like these toxic habits right? Because the Lord wants to mold you. He wants to complete you. He wants to mature you so that you don't lack anything. Okay. Then it goes further. I just want to break this down even more. It goes further. It says, if you lack wisdom, just ask God, right? God is saying like, I want to do life with you. I want to do this with you. Don't feel like this is too big or too small for me. Like I want to walk with you. Like truly like the Lord loves you, loves me so much that he literally wants to do everything with you. He wants to help you break free. He wants to give you wisdom. And it says here like that he gives generously with without finding fault, right? He's not sitting there being like, oh my gosh, Lindsay. Oh my gosh, Kayla, there she goes again. Like after I told her, like, no, like, you know, I'm sure like I, I picture God like just looking down and being like, like sad. Like, I feel like when I was drinking, when he told me not to, um, and when I would go back to that toxic relationship over and over again, I, I just feel like he was just looking down on me and just being like, like, like he was just sad. Like I, and, and for so long, I thought he would all, he was always looking at me. Like I was just like this bad, you know, child of God. And that I was just always going to be punished for doing this and doing that. And truly like he, I feel like he's just sad. Like when we don't, um, abide in him because he knows what's best for us. He sees what we don't see. He hears what we don't hear. Right. And then it says, then it will all be given to you. But it says that when you ask the Lord for wisdom, it says, don't have doubt, right? It says, don't be tossed by the wind back and forth, right? It says, don't be like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that can even go further into saying, don't let your um, emotions and your triggers be the driver of your life, right? Don't just be somebody that's just like tossing around, you know, back and forth like a wave, be steady, be firm, have that firm foundation in Christ and know that he is there walking you through it. Okay. Um, so moving into the solution. So how do you actually start addressing the root? Okay. How do you actually start addressing the root? And I'm actually going to check the comments really quickly. See if you guys said anything. Okay. I don't see anything. Okay. Yes. Just try to live in the present day by day. Okay. Okay, so how do you start addressing the root? You have to see sin God's way. You have to see sin God's way. Whoever's still on here live, I want you to type that in the chat. I have to see sin God's way. I want you to put it in first person. I have to see sin God's way. Even if you're not struggling with alcohol, I can guarantee there is something in your life that the Lord is either telling you to let go of or he's working with you on. And you don't have to put that in the comments unless you feel led to. But 
I want you to type in the comments, I need to see sin God's way. I need to see sin God's way. So I want to go over some more scripture. In James 4, 8, it says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's that double-minded again, right? And again, this verse sounds kind of harsh, but we're going to break it down. Okay, again, we are talking about the solution. How do you start addressing the root? You have to see sin God's way. Okay, you have to see sin God's way. So let's break it down into um, a couple of things that this verse actually says. So first thing it says, um, the cleansing of the hands, right? It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Okay, so we'll stop right there. Wash, wash your hands, you sinners. So cleansing the hands. This just means confessing and getting rid of the wrong things that you are doing, right? So we talked about how just getting rid of the behavior is still something we need to do, right? But it's not the only thing. This is kind of, it's taking you to the process here. So it's saying, wash your hands, you sinners, right? So cleansing of the hands, that just means confessing and getting rid of the wrong things you are doing. Okay. And what that looks like is just literally talking to God and being like, okay, God, like, this is what I'm doing. I know it's a sin and I I need help. I'm confessing this to you. I need help. Right. And then you take the action steps that you need in order to get rid of these bad habits, get rid of these wrong things in your life. Things like setting boundaries, things like hiring a mentor to keep you accountable, things like that. Okay. Very, God is very, very practical. Right. Even though we talked a lot about spiritual warfare today, it is always going to be practical and spiritual at the same time. Okay. The second thing he says, because he says to wash your hands, you sinners. Then he goes further and says, and purify your hearts. Okay, so James, in this verse, he goes beyond the hands to the heart. You have to purify your heart. If you only stop doing the wrong behavior, you'll eventually go back. And I'm sure a lot of you have already experienced that before, right? Where you've been like in this back and forth type of deal, right? And again, I was there for for years in the binge drinking cycle, back and forth, back and forth. I spent so much time and energy trying to keep this toxic substance in my life that literally was doing nothing for me. Isn't that interesting too, how the enemy will literally, um, and it's not all the enemy because we have our our choices, but once we start bowing down to the enemy, you know, with our habits and and, and doing these different things, um, it's interesting that, um, oh my gosh, just lost my train of thought because I got distracted here. where was I at? Okay, I guess I'll say this. I think this is what I was going to say. It's interesting how like we'll know that something is wrong for us, but we'll do it anyways, right? We'll stay in this toxic cycle over and over again, knowing that it's so dysfunctional, right? And it's almost like we even see freedom in like a very dysfunctional way, right? Because we sometimes can think, okay, well, freedom is doing whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. But essentially, that's not really freedom. Because what tends to happen when we don't have like a guide and we don't follow the guide that the Lord has for us, we end up in bondage, right? Look at people and like, again, like, you know, some of you are struggling with this too. Like maybe you thought freedom was actually being able to just drink, you know, all these drinks and, you know, party like this and that. But now you actually feel like you're in bondage. You feel like you're losing control. 
right? Even just people that find themselves like sleeping around with all these people and all of a sudden, like they feel like their whole life is out of control. They have a sex addiction. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. They, you know, and they're just like in this, like all the way in left field. And they're like, how the hell did I get here? It's because their version of freedom was so distorted and the enemy will play on that. And the enemy will make you think, oh, well, God just wants you to follow all these rules. God just thinks you're just some just this bad sinner and this dirty Christian. And it, no, like God loves you. And that's why we need Jesus. We need Jesus to cleanse us every single day. And that's why James says in this verse, he says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Right? So we need to, one, cleanse our hands and confess and then get rid of the wrong behaviors. Right. And then again, James goes beyond to the heart. You have to purify your heart because if you only stop doing the wrong behavior, you'll eventually go back. And like I was saying, I've, I've experienced that multiple times. And another example is that is of that is it's kind of like when people make New Year's resolutions, they have they always have like the right intentions. Right. We we've all done it. We've set the New Year's resolutions. We all have the right intentions. But what happens is they haven't really fixed the root that is actually producing the fruit. Okay, so again, having the right intentions is great, but when you when you just are operating out of right intentions or out of good intentions, you're not really able to actually fix the root that is actually producing the fruit. Because if you have rotten roots, it's gonna be kind of hard to produce fruit, right? The third thing is you need to learn how to take your thoughts captive, right? That is literally a whole training on its own. But what that what that really means, and, and, and it talks about it in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says that we are to demolish every argument, every, every thought that we have that goes against God's word. We are to demolish it. Okay, so maybe you're believing lies um, about going alcohol free. Maybe you think that you can't be social without alcohol. Maybe you think that you won't have friends after you stop drinking. Maybe you think that um, you're going to have more anxiety after you stop drinking. Maybe like whatever it is that's in your head, most likely it's it's a lie. And so you have to go to God's word and you have to replace those lies or those fears with the actual truth. And using scripture is really helpful because again, you can use, you can use affirmations and things like that. And those are helpful. But again, remember you're in a spiritual war. And so if you can do these practical things of actually getting scripture, speaking that over yourself and demolishing those lies with scripture, like you're going to war without even realizing it. You are essentially like, you know, you're taking your freedom back and the Lord's already given you the freedom. Like you already have it. You're a Christian. You've given your life to Christ. You have the freedom. It's just you haven't been operating in your authority that the Lord has given you. And when I say your authority, I mean the authority in the name of Jesus because you don't have any authority. Just like I don't have any authority. Right? We get authority from Jesus. But you have to learn how to take those thoughts captive like we talked about before. Um, it's not what you do that's the problem. It's the thinking behind it. The last thing I want to say is that I want you to remember that Satan he wants you to laugh about your sin and take it lightly. He wants you to laugh about it. He wants you to say, oh, well, I don't really drink that bad. Or you know what? I Googled if I was an alcoholic. Like clearly I'm not because I don't drink every single day. And that's cool. But if alcohol is hindering your life in a negative way, it's hindering your walk with God, right? Even just if it's hindering our walk with God, I want us to just stop there because I feel like so often like we minimize our walk with God. We minimize our relationship with God and we don't really see fully the importance of it because we get so lost in our own pleasures and our own thoughts and what the world is saying or what Satan is saying. And all of a sudden we are actually 
more so in alliance with the enemy than we are with God. Like, do you, do you see that? I feel like I'm hoping like some light bulbs are kind of like light bulb moments are kind of happening right now, because I know for me, like when I started realizing this, I was just like, oh my gosh, like Satan literally is just like such a snake. You see how he just like twists things and how all of a sudden we don't even realize that we are in left field and that we are actually in alliance with the enemy. Remember, the enemy doesn't come like in these red horns and so forth. Like the enemy comes as an angel of light. Why do you think there's so many people that think that they are actually following God, but they're actually following all these new age things like crystals and, and, and you know, tarot cards and this and that and many, many other things. Right, because they think that they are becoming free from that. Okay, so remember, Satan wants you to laugh about your sin and he wants you to take it lightly. He wants you to be like, oh yeah, well, you know, everybody else is drinking, it's fine. Right, but in James 4, 9, it says, we should weep and mourn over our sin. We need to say, Lord, this is not just a problem. This is not just a bad habit. This is a sin, right? We have to start to see sin how God sees it. We have to acknowledge that it's not just a problem. It's not just a bad habit, that it is a sin and that it, it is straight up rebellion against God. Right. And again, I feel like I feel like like this is these are all very hard words, but it's true. Right. And I would rather share the truth with you and you actually truly become free and, and walk in that freedom in Christ, opposed to me telling you, oh, well, it's OK. Like, just it's fine. Like, it's not really rebellion. Right. Like and try to, like, fluff up your sin. Like, that's not what we're here for. Right. And especially in this community, it's called the Sober Alliance Community. The Lord gave me this name for this community. And because he was speaking to me a lot about alliance. And that's a very prophetic word too, and, the, and that's a whole, for a whole other message, but it's time to get back in alliance with the Lord. When we do these things, like I mentioned today, like cleansing your hands, confessing, you know, getting rid of those wrong things, right? Allowing God to purify your heart, taking those thoughts captive and remembering your authority that you have in the name of Jesus. When you do those things, you begin to get in alliance with the Lord, not only in your actions, but your thoughts, and you start to become more like Christ every single day. You no longer have to be a prisoner of war. You can be free. But like I said, the Lord has already given you that freedom, but you gave it away to the enemy, but you can get it back. And you can do that by doing these different things that I talked about today. And I know we talked about a lot, but this is where it starts. And I wanted you guys to see that while letting go of alcohol is a big piece, that's obvious, that's what I coach on, that's what I help you with. But if you've coached me for any amount of time, you know that we're going way deeper. You know that we're working on, you know, really building that strong foundation in Christ. You know that we are taking those thoughts captive. Even if you didn't know really even that verbiage, that's what we've been doing. Even if you've just been working with me for two weeks, like that was one of the first things that we did because that's where everything is stemming from. Okay, so know that you no longer have to be a prisoner of war. You can be free. But it's going to take that humbling and you are going to truly have to surrender your life to the Lord. Not just say that you are, but truly surrender your life to the Lord. And I know that it's hard, you guys. Like, again, like I'm not coming here and like just because I'm a coach, like it does not mean that I am perfect. Okay. It took me a really, really long time 
to let go of alcohol and to surrender that to the Lord. But I'm here to hopefully help you skip some steps so you don't waste as much time as I did. It took me years. I was in a 10-year relationship, right? With somebody I thought that I would marry and it turned into being a really, really toxic thing. Like, like, like it could be a movie. And once the Lord really started speaking to me, when I really started to find the Lord, it took me even probably a little bit over two years to even leave that relationship. So I was in rebellion for a really long time. And I can tell you, I, like when I was in that rebellion, I caused so much unnecessary hurt for myself. I caused unnecessary wedges between me and God. Um, and essentially, like, I really feel like sometimes, and this is not to be like, oh my gosh, poor me, because we never want to be in that victim mentality. But I do look back, even just this last time that I went back to that toxic relationship. And I know we're not talking about toxic relationship, but we're talking about toxic habits, right? That was a part of my toxic habit. I had left that relationship already five years ago, but I've only been not in contact with him probably for like two years, two and a half years now at this point, because I entertained that relationship for so long. And I ended up going back to that relationship and fell into sexual sin. I It was such a horrible experience. And a lot of consequences came from that. And if I would have just stayed on that path, but here's the thing, the enemy knew, oh, that's what I was talking about. So I feel like it delayed and this is just like me thinking, but this is just something to think about. Like, I really do feel like I delayed a relationship, a companion that I could have been with at that time, because the enemy is always going to attack when you are like, when you're getting like close to your freedom. Right. And again, this is not to like bring like fear on you, because again, God does not give you a spirit of fear. Like you need to stand in your authority and know that you are the boss of what you do. Right. And you do it with the Holy Spirit's guidance and the Holy Spirit is within you. So it's time to, you know, take up that power stand in your authority in Christ and continue to move forth. I just wanted to share that part of my story because again, like I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to waste time. I want you to get rid of these toxic things um, that you have in your life, these toxic habits. And I want you to be in alliance with the Lord. And so you can just get rid of all this muck and do the healing that you need to do so you can start stepping into your God-given purpose. The Lord has made it very clear that I'm not only supposed to help you let go of these toxic cycles, but I want to help you be a leader. I want to help you be a disciple. And that's what all of us are called to be. Like, it's not just like the special people, right? The Lord has special anointings for different people, but all of you here, you all have a purpose. You're all called to share the word of the Lord. You're all called to share your testimony. How it's going to look, I don't know. It's not going to look, you know, just like I do it, but, but he does have a purpose for you. And like I said earlier, it's going to be very hard for you to fully step in, into that and actually make an impact in your own life, but more so in others until you fully let go of these things and until you fully give God your all. Okay. So that is a message I have for you guys. Um, two things. Drop your questions below. If you don't have questions, drop your feedback on what you thought of today's message and while you are doing that, if you are here on this live, this is only for the people that are on live. So the three or four of you that are on here, um, I'm offering a coaching special for my six months of mentorship. Okay, so six months of mentorship. Um, if you, okay, let me say this. Let me just rewind because my words, okay? Um, and actually let me turn off the 